Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, all right. What's up, Mansfield? Hey, so you get to hear a little of my accent, uh, the American accent from the South. So, uh, hey, it's great to be with you guys. My wife and I love love, love. Uh, every time we're able to come here to uh, England, uh, we love the words. We try to always take home some fresh words. Today, my word to take home is trolley. We would trolley. We would go to the market and say, I'd say, baby, you need to get the shopping cart. And so, but it's trolley, correct? Yes. And so, and I like that word overtake. Uh, yes, overtake. When you're driving, you need to overtake. I've I'm thinking, hey, there's some people, there's some cars in America that need overtaking. So uh, anyway, so, uh, and the, uh, the bonnet, the boot, it just goes on and on. And lovely, a lovely. I want my wife to start saying that I'm lovely. And so uh, anyway, hey, I have, uh, if I can brag on my wife a minute, I, we've been married 22 years. So for, for some of you, that's like ancient. For others of you, it's like we're newlyweds. You know, it's kind of in those middle years. But we have had a, a great marriage. We, uh, we love each other. She's, uh, I, I love watching her with, with people. When I walk into a room, I want to go around and meet everyone. She, she wants to meet someone. There's, there, it's, it's her personality to connect with, with a person, not necessarily everybody. She's got such a... a a sweet uh, spirit. And one of the things we've done over the last, uh, and this, this might help some of you who are married or not even just in marriage, but in other ways, but we have a little fire pit behind our home, a little chiminea, and we'll put a log on, put some music on, on a Friday or Saturday night and just go out there. And I'll say, so what are you dreaming about? And you know, when you first ask someone that question, they may be a little stumped. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm hungry. Uh, we could get a, <laughs> get a sandwich. No, no, no. What, what, what are you thinking about? You know, what, what would you love to see happen? What's a bucket list item? And, and as we have, and she's, you know, because we get so busy navigating life. And so it's good just to stop and, and, and say, hey, where are we? What's going on? What, what would you love to see happen in the next five years, the next one year? It doesn't matter. But it's a process. So you have that conversation one night, and, but as you set the table for it, then as you go forward, um, you just keep unpacking. And so that could be with you, it could be with a son or a daughter. It could be with a, you know, it could be with anybody. So anyway, we've had a, a great marriage, and I love my wife. I love um, your pastors. I really do. He, he's he's saying my praises, and I'm grateful. But I I really do love. Uh, uh, Pastor Christian and Caroline and their family. I call him pastor. It's kind of a, uh, it's a little of an American thing. It's an honor thing. But he doesn't mean we sit around when we're uh, having a sandwich saying pastor, and he says pastor, and you know, <laughs> he's my friend. So I just call him Christian. But at the same time, I honor your position here. And, uh, but they are, uh, they're just dear friends, dear friends. And uh, I, several things, you know, that just come to mind. One is, is, is the family, the, the investment that you've made in your family. You've got great kids and, and so on. Uh, the leadership, the passion. Uh, 
there is, there is a, a calling on his life to see churches started in, in Great Britain. And I believe that's a hope for England. I really do. I, I believe that, that as more churches are planted, more people are reached. And because the, those things are on them, they're on you. You, you may not be directly involved, but I'm just saying you're going you're gonna to be used by the Lord. This church will. And I believe you're going you're gonna to have a hand in seeing this, uh, seeing this nation really uh, come to the Lord. And then uh, one thing, I, I, I just, I, I, I love the fact that he has friends. He's got great friends. He's got me. I'm joking. <laughs> no. But he's, he has friends in his life. And I, I can't tell you how many pastors I connect with that don't have friends. And then they get very in, in, inward focused. But he's always learning. He's always growing. And so I just honor you. I, I'm so grateful for the both of you and the team here. You guys are amazing. So great worship. So really good. So today I want to share, um, well, first I, I'm going to tell you just a quick word about ARC. ARC stands for the Association of Related Churches. It was started 17 years ago when, a, when six guys just got together at a little hunting camp or a little fishing camp, and they just, they just started looking at America. They saw that America, see, you guys don't have this problem here in England, but we had, we had some problems in America, okay? <laughs> and so they said, man, some of the, the, the pastors are lonely and isolated. The church has, has ceased to be as relevant, reaching people outside. And, uh, and, and church planners don't have any practical steps. What if we just help in those areas? And so the first year, two churches were planted. The second year, they planted three churches. Uh, then the next year, five churches. And then uh, I came along in two, in five years in, and we planted nine that year. The next year, we planted uh, 15. The next year, 25. And then 50. And now this past year, we planted 120 churches. Now, I say that. I'm, I'm not trying to boast in the numbers because we're just a small sliver of what God is doing. But here's what I think. Here's what I would love for you to take away. There are times where you may sit in a in, 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 a, in a cafe and have a conversation with somebody and you're dreaming about something and you never know that the Lord may be in the middle of that. These six guys were just at a fishing camp, just dreaming. Last week we had a conference with this, from these six guys, last week we had a conference and we had 4,000 people at that conference. We've been turning people away for two months. We just ran out of room. Now, is that, is that because these were the greatest guys? I think it's just because they were another piece of what God is doing. You never know. God could be using you. He could be using a conversation. So, anyway, it's awesome to be here. I want to share with you uh, real quickly a story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I was reading it again this week, and uh, Pastor Christian just said, hey, love for you to share on, on the weekend. And so I, I, put, uh, I just put down some thoughts. And what I love about this story, it's, a, it's about a man. It's in Luke chapter 19. And if you've been, been to church some, you may have heard the guy's name. His name is Zacchaeus. But it's one of my favorite stories because it's how Jesus connects with a person. I think it's one of the best pictures of how Jesus connects with a person. Now, you may have come in today, you don't really, you, you have an awareness of Jesus, not really sure how he fits into your life, 
Maybe you find yourself like this guy in a really, he was not, you know, there were issues in his life. And if you've got issues today, I'm going to tell you, you've got issues, I've got issues. We've all got issues. And if you don't have, don't think you have issues, that may be your issue. (laughs) So, (laughs) we all have issues. And here's a guy that really had, he was just in a difficult place. He was, he was messed up. And the way that Jesus connected with him, it really, I think it's my life message. I mean, I just think it's, uh, I'm fascinated by it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, if you don't mind, I'm going to read 10 verses in a row. Is that okay? I'm just going to, because I want to read the whole story. All right, Luke 19, verse 1, and this is from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick. Come down, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's going to be the guest, talking about Jesus, he's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So now there's three, I call it three points of tension in this. You're going to see, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but we... We as humans, we always have a certain way that we figure the Lord's going to work. You know, we just, we, we know the Lord, don't we? I mean, we, we know how he does. And so we got this figured out. And Jesus was always messing up people's idea of the way things should happen. He just was good at it. Sometimes he would say something. Sometimes he would just do the opposite and everybody would scratch their heads. What in the world is this guy doing? And so this is one of these classic examples. So the the three tensions in here, first of all, you see it says that there was a big crowd, but Zacchaeus could not see Jesus. Now, sometimes in church, we like a big crowd. We've heard several comments, hey, we've got some out today. Where's where's the big crowd? Because a big crowd makes it feel right. We, it's people, so it's not a bad attitude, but there's a crowd. But here's the problem. The guy comes into the crowd, but he's too short. He can't see over the crowd. Now, I think that's a spiritual picture because people come into a crowd in a building, in a church service, but sometimes they don't get it. They can't quite see Jesus because the crowd is so busy and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I'm just saying sometimes we've all been there. Now, that's one thing I love about Arena Church 
is there is a, there's always the thought. I've talked to a Christian about this. He says, man, I'm always thinking about people that come in the door. Does it make sense? But there are a lot of churches that they don't think that way. And they've been together so long, they just kind of are inward focused. So a new person comes in, and he can't see Jesus because of the, the crowd. The second point of tension here is that Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus even though the man wasn't living right. Now, that's a little aggravating. Here you are in Jericho. Jesus is coming through. You're a good person. You love the Lord. You've been raising your kids right. Y'all been reading the whatever, uh, the what is that? The Torah, the, 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 the scriptures. You've been reading the scriptures. Not quite the Bible yet. They're still putting that together. But you've been reading that. And of all people in the town for Jesus to go have lunch with, he can only have lunch with one person, and he picks the worst guy in the city. Go figure. Why would he do that? And so it, it says that it actually it displeased the people. I think there was a couple of reasons why they were displeased. One, I think some were displeased with the man because they thought, man, this guy, all he wants to do, he wants, he wants to get a pic. He wants to get a pic with Jesus, a selfie with Jesus, and put it on Facebook because that's going to make him look like Jesus is endorsing his lifestyle. Can't believe that guy. I think there was another group that they were just displeased, displeased at Jesus. Man, you, you should want to hang out with me. But, but here, here, here is this situation, and Jesus picks this guy. And I think it goes against the way the church world typically thinks. We think, okay, to be a part of the church, you need to behave. And once you do, then you can believe, and then you can belong. And Jesus reversed that whole thing. He said, you can belong. He said, I want to be a friend to you. Then I'll help you with the belief. We'll get to the belief. But let's start with the, let's start with the friendship. Then we'll get to the belief. Then we'll let you work on your behaving. I remember this one, one, one girl that uh, I used to be a college pastor. And uh, she had, had, had lived a, kind of a tough life. And she wore some very, very short skirts. Before she, uh, do you say skirts, dresses, whatever? Okay, want to want to be cool, and so, but uh, but she she but she gave her life to the Lord, and she came in one day. She said, Pastor Mike. She says, you know, I went home, and she said I was looking through my closet, and she said I just felt this impression. The Lord say, these dresses won't do anymore. So she says, I just gave them all away. I've got some new ones. Nobody had to say, change your dress. She just was, it was her and the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus said, hey, I'm good to be a friend with you. Then I'll help you with the beliefs. Then we're going to get along to, to behaving. The last one, it says that Zacchaeus, or I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, that Zacchaeus ended up very responsive. Something that nobody was was thinking would happen. Now that's interesting. I mean, can you imagine Zacchaeus has one meal with Jesus? Let's say he had a net worth of a uh, of a million pounds. 
And with one meal with Jesus, who knows what kind of conversation was happening there. One, one meal, and he announces, I'm giving $500,000 away, to, 500,000 pounds, excuse me. To, I'm giving that away. And if I have cheated anyone, I'm going to pay it back four times. Can you imagine? That, that, that's a turn, isn't it? But he was so, there was something in Zacchaeus that happened before the meal. There was a process that the Lord was bringing him on. Zacchaeus woke up that day thinking about Jesus. He did. I, I, and, and so the Lord was working. Here's, here's my point on that. There are people, your neighbors, if you're in school, there's people you go to school with, the Lord is working on. And I would call that the process. The process to where they, they, they turn their life around. What is it? And I think sometimes we, we get impatient with the process. And if there's anything I see in this story is here's Jesus he didn't go in there and he said, okay, Zacchaeus, can't believe you even want to talk with me, but if you do, you've got to get some stuff right. I don't even have time for this. I'm, I'm, I'm the son of God. I want to... No, Jesus takes his time, takes the worst guy in the city, maybe, and he says, hey, yeah, I'd love to hang out with you. And there's a process there. And I think you and I have people in our lives that God is at work on and we, and I think we lose the expectancy of that. So you look at you look at the city, and you just think, oh, I don't know if anyone's really interested in the Lord. I'm just saying, Jesus didn't just die on the cross and say, "Okay, we'll just see what happens." He is at work. He is at work. There are conversations that are happening behind the walls that you and I don't even think about. Well, let me say it this way. Think about your own life. There was a point, many of you have come to faith. You received Christ. And there, but there was a point where, that led up to that. What was that like? When I was 21 years old, I was a junior in college, and uh, a very, uh, if I could put it this way, this is not the best way to say it, but I was a very happy sinner. I just was not thinking about the Lord. I just wasn't. I was happy. I was, I was a very worldly guy. And this, this, this guy began befriending me. He just became a friend to me. And we got together, and he told me what the Lord was doing in his life, and I was telling him about the worldly ways that I was doing. I was just talking. And so he said, hey, you want to get together for coffee the next day? I said, sure. So we did. For three months we did that. And, but internally, something was happening. Initially, I was very uninterested. But as I, as, as, as I walked through that, I started thinking, this guy really knows Jesus. I want that. It was a process. Was that process evident to anybody else? No, it was going on internally. And I think to myself, I'm so grateful for my salvation but I am just as grateful at the patience of the Lord in the process. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you have a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter, and you don't see outward movement. And you think, I just don't know. And I'm saying the Lord 
the Lord is moving. Now, I want to sh- I'm, I'm going to wind up here, but I just want to give you five things real quick that Jesus did to move that process along. He built a bridge, and it's, it's very simple. It's in the text, but it's the, the first thing it says, when Jesus came by, he saw Zacchaeus. When Jesus came by, and I'm calling this engage. Again, I don't know how many people I've seen this morning. I'm staying in a hotel. I walked down, had breakfast. There were probably seven or eight people in there. We eat breakfast early. And, uh, and then we saw some in the foyers. We were waiting on Christian and Caroline to come by. And then I saw some more. I've seen a bunch at church today. I don't know how many people I've seen. I'm not trying to engage every one of those. But there is somebody that will come along my way. And I submit to you that most, I I think every one of us in this room may have someone that you come alongside this week. Do you know what I mean when I say come alongside? You just kind of find yourself in their world. You just come alongside them. The second thing Jesus did, it says uh, that he looked up at Zacchaeus. There is something about looking someone in the eye. Now you're not just coming alongside them. You are valuing them because you look them in the eye and, and, and there's, an engage, there's an engagement there. Do you know what I'm saying? The third thing it said, it says, uh, uh, he called him by name. I don't know about you. I just, I, I got my name. It is what it is. It's Mike or Michael. I got one of those names that goes, nobody knows what to, you know, are you Michael or are you Mike? But I like my name. Now, my wife, she'll say, Michael, I know I've done something. Okay, what did I, what did I do? But for the most part, <laughs> no, most of the time she, she's sweet when she says that. But when people use my name, most of the time, Look, we're married 22 years. We're going to have some of the times where, <laughs> why did you do that? But look, when people say, hey, Mike, what do you think? Michael. Man, it, it, I have a name. Look, Leslie, out at the, uh, out at the counter here, Every, everybody that, that she, she said Stacy. She said Caroline. She said Michael. She picked up on her name, and she used my name. I like that. I like Leslie. Leslie knows my name, <laughs> so you know. So uh, and so, there's something about that. Again, it's another level of valuing. Number four, Jesus said, "Quick, come down." I think I use the word "lean in" because Jesus is now. Hey, let's get on the same level here. Notice Jesus didn't preach to him. He didn't say, "Okay, I'm going to tell you about this." And I'm going to talk to you about your sin. Jesus is like, hey, come down. Let's be friends. I'm just giving you permission. There's, there's some friendships that, that, that you could do. I'll say it this way. If any of you in this room are going through a difficult time, <coughs> maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's something you're struggling with, who are you going to go to? Are you going to go to someone at the, at the uh, food market, a stranger? Or are you going to go to someone you know? Are you going to go to a friend that you can be real with that you know won't look down upon you? 
Well, doesn't everyone need that? Doesn't everyone need somebody? And so when you say, hey, let's get down on the same level here, it just, it just opens the door. And then the last thing, he said, I must be a guest in your home today. And I put the word go there. Don't stay, but go. Jesus, for some reason, he could have just said, Zacchaeus, come down. Let's sit over here under the tree. He said, Zacchaeus, I want to go to your house. Your house. There is something about going into someone's house, and you look at the pictures on the wall. You look at, maybe they've got a little bowling trophy, or they've got some other little something, and you say, wow, I didn't know you were into that. And all of a sudden, you see their eyes brighten. Well, well, yeah, you know, I was really pretty good. No, I didn't know that. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's, there's, there, there's, they feel that value. You know what I'm saying? Look, I, I used to be a youth pastor, and there was a, a guy in, in the town. He, was a, a, he, he played a, kind of a, he had a garage. He was a teenager. I was a youth pastor. He had a garage. Uh, his dad did, and they played a, um, uh, they, had, they had their guitars, and they would play rock music loud. You could hear it for like three blocks every afternoon. His name was Jonathan. So I just started praying for Jonathan. I prayed for Jonathan I don't know how long, before I even got to meet him. And one day we met. I was playing my guitar in the park. He came by, and uh, he had a real hot rod car. I said, you know what I'm talking about? You know? And so I said, man, I really like your car. Really, he said. You know, he'd never, he didn't know what a youth pastor was supposed to, I was supposed to act. I said, he said, you want to ride? I said, man, I'd love to ride in your car. Well, he just takes off through town. I was praying. I thought, you know, this is going to be in the papers. Local youth pastor um, jailed over uh, mid, mid, midtown speeding chase, you know. But, I, he, you know, he was just showing me how I'd run. And we got to the end and, he, and, and to the, kind of the other side of town. I said, you know, I said, man, that was great. That was amazing. And uh, he said, well, you're, you, he said, do you pray? And I said, yeah. He said, would, would you? He said, well, you know, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend. I said, okay. I said, let's pray. He said, you going to pray now? I said, well, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I finished, and he looked at me, and he said, wow, you, you didn't read that prayer. I said, I said well, no. I, I mean, I'm just talking and uh, talking to God. Well, four weeks later, he was he gave his life to Jesus. And then he led other guys. He brought, I, don't, I don't know how many guys he brought to my house. For, for I, had, I used to have kind of a non-Christian Bible study. Or, you know, I was trying to reach people that didn't know the Lord. And he would bring people all the time. Why? Just getting into his world. I'm just saying there's something about it. Going to the neighbor's house. Going to the, uh, you know, going to a sporting event. Whatever that looks like. So Jesus had this way of building the bridge. And then I love this last part. I'm going to wind up in just a minute. But in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And I think a lot of times we think of the first part of that verse. Jesus came to save the lost. But I'm just telling you, he came to seek and to save. That means he doesn't just die. He didn't just die on the cross and say, okay, I'm here. 
Now, whoever needs to come, he pursues. I love that about Jesus. I love that about Jesus, that he pursued me. Look at this next verse in in, uh, 2 Samuel 14, and uh, the second part of verse 14. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, God does not sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. God devises ways to bring us back. Some of you are praying for a family member. You're praying for somebody in your family. You're praying for a friend. Praying for somebody at school. And it just seems like they're a long way off. And I'm just saying to us today that God is a strategist. He knows the right people to put in their path. He knows the right things that they can flip on TV, that can cause them to think. God is a strategist. So we're not trying to do something for God. We're coming alongside with what he's already doing. It's a partnership. And all we do, so he says, I'm working the process but if I could get you to build a bridge, could I just get you to be a friend? Could you just be a friend? Not a, not a friend to everybody, just a friend to somebody. Just somebody that God puts in your heart. Just watch and see. Pray, say, God, I, who, who is that somebody that I can come alongside? I would imagine that it would be somebody that your personality and your passions in life kind of go along with. Rarely does he put me in the path of somebody that I just have nothing, no, no commonalities with. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? But there are people, some of you are very task-driven. You say, I'm not relational like that. I'm telling you, he'll connect you with a task-driven person. Some of you like to go fishing quietly by yourself without a ton of other people. But I'm telling you, he'll show you somebody with a common interest. He needs us because he's on a mission. Don't be moved by what you see on the outside. This city, this area, God loves this. It's not, it's not something that in 10 or 15 or 20 years, maybe we'll see a revival. I'm telling you, our God is moving now. There are things happening behind the doors. He is. So let your heart dream. Let your heart, just let your, let your heart, just, just allow God to, 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 to lead you. The steps of, of a righteous man are ordered, directed by the Lord. And God's going to use you. Now, bow your heads if you would, and I'm going to close in just a minute. This whole message is is just about how Jesus relates to us. There has never been anyone like Jesus that so loves us. He knows everything about you. Some of you may have walked in the door today and you've got got issues. You've got some things. There's some things you're maybe are, are broken. Some things that aren't quite right in your life. I just want you to know God is pleased to love you right where you are. He knows your name. He knows every thought, knows when you rise up and when you uh, lay down at night, knows what 
things worry you, what things weigh on you. He says, I love you. Greatest thing you can have is forgiveness. The Bible says that God doesn't count our sins against us. That's an amazing promise right there. He, he's willing to just totally wipe that away. So before we close, if you would say, hey, I need that in my life. I need that forgiveness. It's right there. The Bible says he just knocks the door of our heart. All we have to do is open. He's glad to come in. That's his way of coming into your home in one sense. If you say, I need that. I want to lead us in just a minute in a simple prayer. But if you say, hey, I need that in my life. I'm not going to ask you to come down front or anything like that. We all have our heads bowed. But would you just slip up your hand? I'd love to pray with you. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Are there others? So grateful. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. So proud of you. Let's, I want you right where you are to just pray that simple prayer. Just say, dear God, I need you in my life. I need the forgiveness. Jesus, you gave your life for me. Come into my heart. Change my desires. I want to love you. Amen. God, I just thank you for this. these that have prayed that prayer. I pray your grace and your blessing. God, I thank you for this church, Lord God. I thank you that every one of us in this room, God, that there's a place this week that you're going to use us that, Lord God, that this city is going to become alive, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you love this city. You know everything about every person in this city, and you, you have been working and processing them. And so, God, we're going to stretch out our hands and be a friend. And we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord praise for those who prayed that prayer this morning? Thank you so much.